0: Welcome to episode number 11 of the EAIE podcast. I'm Laura Rumbly, Associate Director for Knowledge Development and Research. The original airing of this episode coincides with the UN-designated International Day of Women and Girls in Science, which is observed annually on February 11th. The participation of women and girls in science is truly vital for the global community. From mediating climate change to ensuring food security, from engineering our cities and transportation networks of the future to the current COVID-19 pandemic, our societies really require vibrant science systems which effectively represent the full complexity of our communities. Women scientists have a vital role to play in all of this, yet they are significantly underrepresented in the ranks of students studying in these fields in higher education. And around the world, they're also lagging in numbers when it comes to holding positions as researchers, professors, and even entrepreneurs in these fields. So how can we learn more about what it means to be a female scientist today and the factors that influence and sustain forward momentum for these vital knowledge workers? One way, perhaps, is to bring you the voice and perspectives of Sarah Lamaison, our featured guest in this episode. Sarah was the recipient of a 2020 Young Talent L'Oreal UNESCO Prize for Women in Science and is currently working with a colleague to launch a startup to commercialize her research. Our conversation allows us to get up close and personal with a rising young researcher making her way through a career in science and to consider the conditions for the future of women scientists and the extremely important contributions they make. So for the people in your life who aren't necessarily heavy into the sciences, what's the 30 second version that you tend to give them of the work that you do? So in order to
1: fight climate change, we have to reduce our our CO two emissions and to reduce our use usage of fossil fuels. And so one of the strategies to do that is of course electrification through a electrification of uh, transportation, for instance, with electrical vehicles. But you also have some type of sectors, such as industry, some industries that cannot be electrified, for example, cement or steelmaking, where you do need carbon in the chemical process itself. And so that's for these sectors in particular, we hope to uh, use to recycle CO2 that is emitted instead of, and use, use the, the recycled product instead of using fossil fuels. And so that's basically what I am trying to do with my research by taking CO two and converting it back into chemical feedstocks, in a field that is broadly called artificial photosynthesis, because we basically mimic what plants do by taking CO two and using solar light in their case to produce their uh, metabolic fuels, uh, which are glucose and and different sugars
0: completely fascinating. And I have to say, as someone who doesn't work in the sciences, just you know, remarkable to think about the ideas behind this and the innovation that's going in to try and develop these new strategies. This is a very particular field in which you're working. How did you find your way into this? And I'd be particularly interested to understand what were some of the biggest influences um, as you reflect on that path or that journey, people or experiences that shaped you? Yes, uh, I, I grew up in the in the Basque Country by the ocean in the south of
1: France, and I've been I've been surfing since I was a child, and I love the ocean. and And at that point in my life, plastics were a big deal, and so I've been working in uh, in in plastics. Um, I worked in a startup called Carbios, uh, which was doing enzymatic recycling of plastics, and I re- I was really passionate about this whole idea of circular economy and and just. Recycling, <laughs> more generally speaking, and I, I, I finally decided when, when it when it came to the choice of an academic path because I wanted to do research. I decided to move to CO two because. Plastic research is a bit of an older science, let's say, and uh, and there were less opportunity. And, and so I, I I wanted to to do something which, which was perhaps even more global than this plastic problem, because in the end, even if it's plastics, it it indeed all burns down to CO2. And so that's that's how I came to this. And in terms of of people and experience which influenced me, I was really influenced by my all the academic people I I worked with. I mean, Professor Foncave in Collège de France where who I did my, my PhD with uh, professor Jaramillo in Stanford and uh, yeah, all, all these people who, who have committed uh, all their, all their life and, and professional paths to this question. And yeah, I'm really happy to have done, to have gone down that path uh, and, and worked with these people.
0: Do you come from a family of scientists? <laughs> not, not, not at all.
1: I mean, my, my dad is a medical doctor. So, I mean, he's a scientist, but in a, in a very different way, let's say. And uh and my mom is, is more in sales, so very different.
0: <laughs> Interesting, but you're also now working in startups, so there's a little bit of a, a conflation of some of those interests, I imagine. Right, right. <laughs> very good. So in 2020, you were named for your outstanding work as a winner of a 2020 French Young Talents L'Oreal UNESCO Award for women in science. Really warm congratulations to you on that. That's very exciting. I understand that the work for which you are recognized was undertaken through the collaborative engagement of a lab in France. You've already mentioned a professor that's been quite an influence on you and in the, U- the US at Stanford University. Can I ask you what you might see as some of the benefits and challenges that you experienced in working with and across these two universities in two different countries and national cultures? What was that international experience in your research like? So it was really amazing.
1: That's the first thing I would say. So you have on on the one side, you have the very French uh, experience, perhaps European, but perhaps even more French, I would say. It's a very, you know, austere type of research and unfortunately with not that much financial means it's, it's, uh, it's a reality but it really pushes the researcher to the last extent if I can say of, of ingenuity to, to carry out their, their research but also there is this austere atmosphere let's be honest uh, in, in that type of research but I really love that you know because it also brings you to to learn in, in a very um, focused and, and and sober way which, which I kind of like and in the US on the contrary you have bigger programs and more resources you can you can explore more things in a more empirical way too because you have more resources to do so and and there is a really nice uh, management culture uh, at least in the Jaramillo lab where I was in where there was an extremely supportive management so everything is is always is always great that and it contrasts a lot with the with the more austere educational system in Europe but I, I really think that having both helped me grow up first and, and carry out what I hope was an interesting research because I had these two sets of um, let's say expectations and and means and cultures so.
0: Uh, Were you working in a particularly international environment in in these labs in the sense that there might be individuals from other places outside of the, the countries in which these labs were located? Yeah, yeah. In in both, uh, so Collège de France in in
1: Paris is a, is a very famous famous institution. So it, it attracted a, a lot of international people as well as Stanford, of course. Uh, so in 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 Collège de France, there were um, people from Asia, people from Turkey, people from England, and uh, same with the US. Um, so I mean they had some europeans <laughs> immigrants like me uh some people from asia too so both very international and everyone speaking english everywhere and it's yeah it's quite international and and we always go to conferences so it's same world i would say
0: <laughs> Absolutely, it becomes a world of its own, doesn't it? Right, right, exactly. Very interesting. So I I know that things are certainly evolving, but women today are still numerically underrepresented among the population of scientific researchers around the world. And we also have evidence that women researchers face particular kinds of challenges as they move through their careers, specifically when it comes to being able to take advantage of international sojourns to teach and research abroad. What excites you or conversely maybe worries you about the future of women in science, particularly when it comes to playing dynamic, internationally mobile and internationally visible kinds of roles? So.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, there are there are a lot of challenges for women, uh, especially due to the fact that also they are underrepresented. Uh, and and to recall some of the the statistics uh, highlighted uh, by the L'Oreal UNESCO Foundation, which is working uh, to try to to promote, I mean, the presence and and the role of women in science. There are only. Up today, twenty nine percent of researchers in the world who are women, and only three percent of uh, women who are Nobel prizes. So, <laughs> this is a this is a bit of a harsh world in terms of diversity, in all kind of diversities also. But <laughs> let's focus on the uh, men women uh, question. Uh, I would say that. Most of the challenges relate to uh, the, the the idea that we belong to this uh, to this world, and and that it, it's sometimes really hard to feel uh, legitimate in in that uh, in that environment because we are underrepresented, and so. I, I would say that's the main challenge, but I'm uh, I'm very en- enthusiastic and very uh, positive when it comes to these kind of questions, because I all the experiences I had were extremely positive. I was I did not face real uh, you know any discrimination of any type in these institutions, and um, I I always felt like I, I was belonging even if I was part of a minority in in these groups. So. Yeah, it's quite a positive message I want to I want to <laughs> bring on this and and try to say if there are girls who are as es- hesitating uh, because of these reason that uh, they should uh, throw themselves at this kind of career because it's it's really great,
0: <laughs> wonderful. That is a really nice message actually to send out into the world. So thinking about the world, you know, the bigger the bigger world out there, we within the field of international education are really you know committed to helping people understand our sense that we are all living and working in a highly interconnected world. I wonder in what ways you see your work contributing to something beyond your own personal interest, perhaps even at a global level. I would say that working in an, in an,
1: an environmental related topic is uh, i think is always always comes from the will uh, to to try to have an impact uh, at a global level and to try to bring to do good to the world i was born in a, in a, a generation where uh, one of the biggest danger that is announced is, is climate change. So very early on, I, I really want to to work on this. So I mean, I'm working at, at my at my little level. <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to do something for the for the glo- global good. And uh, I would say that it, it it comes from you know this uh, this idea where we have this common sky, common resources, common oxygen. We are all breathing that has no borders. And, and still you have all these competing interests between different economies, between different different people, where you end up having what is called a tragedy of common, to, uh, to cite Garrett Arden, where just to win a bit more growth and and uh, some additional point of growth, we are going to damage uh, the atmosphere and and it's going to be imputed to all of us. And not just to the people who have created this, this damage. And so, yeah, I, I try to contribute, as I think my full generation and, and many people around the world, to trying to reverse this and places the, the common goods to cite, uh, to cite this concept, because it, it's uh, it's the tragedy of commons to cite Garrett Arden. Uh, to, so to place the common good in the at the heart of, of my motivation. And so... Yeah, that's the the message I would like to to put out there and and saying
0: that, I mean, I'm not the only one doing this. The global good seems to be very much in your mindset, which is really exciting. (laughs) One last question for you, um, and it's a big one, a two-part one. Uh, Do you think that universities and other higher education institutions in particular are doing enough to address the climate concerns that you see? And do you think they're doing enough to support women in science? concerning the the academic institution themselves I, I think there are
1: many of them are doing great by just supporting programs and and assigning uh funds to to environmental related research environment related research so on the on that front yes one one thing that can be dis- discussed it's an interesting topic is a uh, All the investments, uh, you know, of uh, big institutions uh, in Europe, in the US, and uh, and and some of some of these academic institutions are are still investing in fossil fuel, fossil companies, you know, fossil fuel making companies. So that's that's quite an interesting topic. Uh, So I I won't go into more detail about this, but um, that's I think uh, last uh, another type of efforts that could be made, made sorry to to improve uh, the environmental related effort of this institution and concerning the what they do for women science I, I think there are a lot of equality and diversity promoting programs that that are great in stanford we had we had regular committee about diversities and town hall where we discuss all this and it was i mean it was really really nice to um, to hear all these questions discussed so I, I think people are really doing a lot and their best and yeah i'm again it's very positive about what i'm what i'm seeing around and seeing a lot of goodwill of people from i mean from this new generation from this new i mean covid or not covid and climate change world climate change world where we see all these, these problems that touch everyone <laughs> anywhere in the world
0: Sarah Lamaison, thank you so much for sharing the work that you're doing. Fascinating, super inspiring, and uh, we really wish you well as you work on these issues that have an impact on all of our lives. Thanks for chatting with us. Thanks so much. <laughs> that was Sarah Lamaison, a researcher in the field of artificial photosynthesis and a winner of the 2020 Young Talent L'Oreal UNESCO Prize for Women in Science. If you're interested in this topic, there are a variety of international online events focused on women in science on and around February 11th in observance of the International Day of Women and Girls in Science. We're also providing some links to resources of possible interest in our session notes for this episode. So what's next from the EAIE? Well, I'm delighted to let you know that the EAIE Community Summit is returning in 2021. This year's summit will take place on March 18th and 19th and will focus on the compelling notion of the impact imperative. The program will feature a mix of new and evergreen topics with specific suggestions for engaging in impactful practice in our field. The Community Summit will be free for EAIE members. There is an 89 euro registration fee for non-members. We hope you'll join us for this interactive and inspiring get-together, and that you'll seriously consider locking in your EAIE membership in order to enjoy this event for free. You can find out more about the Community Summit by visiting our website, www.eaie.org. In the meantime, thank you for listening to the EIE podcast and for liking or sharing us on social media. We greatly appreciate your support and feedback. As usual, we'll be delivering a new podcast episode in about two weeks' time. For now, all good wishes to you from the EIE.